Hallelujah. 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 Good evening. 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 We're in the house. Good evening, good evening, good evening, good evening. It's time, it's time, it's time, it's time. Welcome to the Preacher's Corner. It's me, yours truly, Pastor JT. We're going to get started in just a moment. We're going to get started in just a moment. It's going to be good. 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 When you get in, say hello. Good evening, good evening, and I see you, Sister Bernicia, I see you, Lady Mayberry, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. If you haven't had an opportunity go ahead and subscribe hit that like button hit that like button hit the like button y'all ready let's go Good evening, good evening. We see you, Sister Wilson. God bless you. Thank you for joining us on tonight. God bless you. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. Tonight, we are going to uh, check out one of the most uh, influential 
speakers of our time, none other than Bishop T.D. Jake's uh, sermon from from Sunday dealing with offense. Um, spirit of offense is heavy in the body of Christ, man. We get we get offended about uh, little things. Uh, we get offended when when people don't compliment us on our hair or, or our tire or anything of that nature. We we we're easily offended, and I believe that this um, this is some nuggets. It was some good nuggets in this message. I had opportunity to go and uh, uh, dissect and and do some editing so we won't watch the full entire video but we'll watch some key points uh, that's what we do here on the preachers corner we want to get an opportunity to look at some preachers not just looking at the message looking at their delivery and adding uh, 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 some of those uh, types of gifts into our own we don't want to be carbon copies but be able to learn from some polished uh, speakers of our time so that's what this show is about and in the process we get some word so if you're a lover of preaching like I am this this show is is for you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. We all got it. Um, who's all in the building? Come on, come in. Hit the and let us know who y'all, where you're from. In the comments, in the comments, go ahead and like and subscribe. If this is your first time being on this channel, go ahead and hit that like button and subscribe. I see ya. Pastor McIntosh is in the building. God bless you, sir. I know he is a preaching machine. He's a lover of preaching. So welcome to the Preacher's Corner. Welcome to the Preacher's Corner. I am your host, none other than Pastor JT, Senior Pastor of House of Deliverance, Crowley, Texas, 118 South Texas Street. Website I M H O D dot com. This specific page is JTM Ministries. So we're birthing a new, uh, another limb to the trough of things that we have going on. Uh, y'all know I like to stay busy, and staying busy for the kingdom is how I stay out of trouble. Can I get an amen, somebody? Amen, amen, amen. Without further ado, let's go and jump in the message. We are fearfully and marvelously made. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works. We are unique, authentic, autonomous, individually defined by the master himself. We are a designer's original in a category all by ourselves. There has never been another you. And there will never be another you again. Even if you have a twin, it's not you. 
God has put so much detail in the specificity that even your fingerprint stands in a category all by itself. God himself shows up in the scriptures. The very first time we see him, we see him stooping over clay. The stooping God shows us that all throughout the book of Genesis, God will be stooping to reach us. He stoops down and he forms man from the dust of the earth and man is just a ceramic, a clay pot until he breathes the breath of life into him and he becomes a living soul. The word living soul in the Hebrew is nephesh. He becomes aware of himself. He's not just alive like a rosebush or a plant or collard greens or potatoes or, or, or anything like I'm kind of hungry, so, you know. <laughs> All of my illustrations will be food illustrations tonight. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but he becomes aware of himself. If you cut a rosebush, it doesn't scream. If, if you cut celery, it doesn't cry. But because we are aware of ourselves, we have feelings. And the gift of feelings is unique. We are created in the likeness and the image of God. God has feelings. The Bible says, and the Lord was angry with wrath, which means anger with fire. God has feelings. God has feelings. Jesus comes to Lazarus' uh, funeral service and weeps with Mary and Martha. God has feelings. And we need feelings. I know this is a faith church, but we need feelings. Faith and feelings are not necessarily at odds with each other. We need feelings. We were created to be a feeling species. If we had no feelings, we'd have no love. We would have no love. And then how could God ask us to love him with all our heart and our mind and our soul if we couldn't feel anything? Our feelings are a gift to us. Besides, the Bible says we can be touched. He can be touched by the feelings of our infirmity, tempted in all points, like as we are, yet without sin. God cares how you feel. And so he wants us to have feelings. He doesn't want us to be led by feelings. But he wants us to have feelings. He wants us to have feelings, so there is a natural feeling we have when we birth a child. There's a natural protectiveness that we have over a child. You can take the teeny, eeny, bitsiest woman in this room and mess with her kid, and she will turn into a serial killer. <laughs> I would rather fight any dude in the room right now than to fight an angry mama because God equipped a mama with feelings. I mean, fathers will knock you out too, they'll bust your chops, but a mama will pull your teeth out of your gums and look at you like you are chopped liver and say, don't go near my child again. God gives us those feelings and those instincts so that we might be protective and so that we might be corrective and so that we might have empathy. And we need those feelings. These feelings cause children to be feel loved and to feel safe and to feel nurtured. But the problem is those feelings, as many wonderful things as they do, can also do negative things. We can get hurt in our feelings. 
We can get bruised in our feelings. We can get disappointed in our feelings. We can be forsaken in our feelings. We can be rejected in our feelings and not even show anybody because you can't see a feeling. If you break your leg, you can see a broken leg. If you break your arm, you can see a broken arm. A broken heart cannot be seen. My Lord, my Lord. A broken Lord. heart cannot be seen. And it is impossible to treat. There is no prescription for a broken heart. For a disappointed child who was not raised by their parents, there is no prescription that will take away that pain. There are feelings that we have to manage in order to be successful. We have to manage them like you have to manage money. You have to budget your feelings. You have to put guardrails around your feelings. You have to control your feelings because if you listen at your feelings, you'll make snap decisions that you later regret. I often say never make permanent decisions over temporary circumstances. Because in a temporary moment of passion, you can make a permanent decision that you live to regret. Feelings are very, very important to us, but they must be managed. He became a living soul means that he had a place to warehouse his feelings so that your feelings are not homeless. They are sheltered in your soulish man, not exhibited in your body, not shown in the way you walk. And so if you are wounded in your feelings, you can hide it and nobody can see it and nobody can know it. And you can smile and say, good morning. Welcome to JCPenney's. <laughs> and nobody's ever the wiser to the fact that you have a broken heart, that you have a broken marriage, that you don't feel comfortable on your own job that you wonder why your mother didn't raise you or why she treated your sister better than she treated you or why they never asked you to sing a solo unless it's solo. <laughs> and it hurts your feelings. And we have all of these feelings. And in the beginning of the text, when Jesus is talking to his disciples, he is talking to them about feelings. And it's the first thing, when I started reading this text, I said, Lord, you spent all of those verses, 11 verses, talking to us about how we feel. And I, I got teary-eyed and I said, thank you for caring about how I feel. Thank you for caring about how I feel because I'm not sure that people always care about how you feel. We, it is much easier for us to care about how we feel than it is to care about how others feel. To care about how others feel is empathy. But not everybody is equipped with the ability to be empathetic. They can be selfish. <laughs> they can be narcissistic. They can be tied into themselves. And sometimes when your feelings are wounded and you're surrounded by people that are oblivious, willingly or unwillingly to how you feel, you are alone even in a crowd. Now Jesus is preparing his disciples to take over the world and he does not want them to be petty. So he says it is impossible for you to not have offense. 
It is impossible. That means if you tip around and be real quiet and real sweet and you always do nice things for everybody and you're just as kind as Mother Teresa, that does not exempt you. You will still get offended. That means that if you change your hair and you change your dress, you will still get offended. If you don't believe it, go on social media. If you lose weight, they say you're too skinny. If you gain weight, they say you need to work out more. If you dress stylish, they say you need to be simple. If you dress simple, they say you need to freshen up. There's always somebody out of 8 billion people on the planet, you are going to get on somebody's nerves. I don't care what you do. And you can't manage 8 billion people's feelings. So Jesus does not want to raise up 12 disciples who think victory is managing how other people feel. Ooh, that was good. Because for some of you, victory is changing people's minds. And you think that if I do this well enough, long enough, right enough, left enough, short enough, get tips in my hair, get tents in my hair, get weaves in my hair, get my lips blown up, get my jaw sunk in, get my tummy tucked, and take my tummy and put it behind me, that when I... Did I say that out loud? I didn't mean to say that out loud. I'm sorry. We're always trying to manage what people think of us. And Jesus says, it is impossible. He just comes right out the top, slaps us right across the face. Bam! It's impossible for you to live your life and not have offense. So you might as well quit running from it. You might as well quit making it the achievement of your life to get everybody to like you. I don't care what you do, somebody's not going to like you. That was one of the greatest lessons my father taught me in an old red pickup truck that had a red bumper on it that he'd gotten from the junkyard and he was coming back from a job and I was coloring in the car and I was eight years old and I was having a father-son talk with him about some kid at school that didn't like me and he said, boy, I don't care what you do, everybody is not gonna like you. Stay with me all of my life because all of us want to be liked and we want to be loved and we want to live our lives without offense because offense is stressful it's stressful it's stressful yeah I know you say you don't care but it's stressful people will say stuff to you that will make your hair stop growing <laughs> and Jesus says clearly it is unavoidable there is no way to live your life without offense if you chew long enough your teeth are going to bite your tongue I know you married Harry and he's six foot two and fine and he's got biceps and triceps and recepts and deceps and everything all over and he's so gorgeous and he treats you like a lady like you have never been treated before in all of your life. And I know he's so wonderful and he's so thoughtful and he's so kind. And when you looked through in his eyes, you saw all the way down into his heart and you knew that we would always love each other forever and ever and ever. 
until you found out that he leaves his socks on the floor and he left his dirty underwear in the bathroom and all of a sudden he'll get an attitude about the way he smacks his food at the table. Can you please shut your mouth when you chew? You're cute, but you got no manners. It's true. You're going to have offense. You're going to have offense. It's going to happen sometime. It's going to happen to you sometime. You're going to go through some things. But God cares about your emotional well-being. Because if you get emotionally off, it affects everything else. When we go on an interview, they want to know our IQ, our intellectual quotient. How intelligent are you? There is a measurement whereby we can measure the quotient whereby your intelligence exists, okay? But there is also an EQ whereby you can begin to evaluate the emotional quotient. Don't slip over this, write this down. Because a lot of people with great IQs have poor EQs. And you hire the intelligence, but you got to live with the EQ. And by the time they get to wreaking havoc on your job, in your life, in your marriage with your kids, you would take somebody with a lower IQ if they had a little bit higher EQ. Can I get a witness up in here somewhere? You find out she's cute, but she's crazy. <laughs> she is built like a Coke bottle, but she is empty as a beer drum. And you find yourself in this situation where you got these people because you don't end up married to their IQ, you end up living with their EQ. Yeah, and Jesus said people can get offended and how we manage the offense determines the outcome of our lives because there are no classes that teach us how to manage our EQ. There are no classes. They don't teach that in school, not even in universities. They don't teach you how to manage your emotions. They don't teach you that at home. They teach you your ABCs and which fork to use. I know which fork to use. My mother spent hours teaching me which fork to use. That's a salad fork. Don't eat with that fork. No, that's a dessert spoon. Eat with that dessert spoon. The dessert spoon goes above the plate. This is where the glass goes. This is where the bread goes. You got her bread plate. She taught me all that kind of stuff. I don't use none of that. I eat your food, my food, any food that gets in my proximity is at risk of termination. I wish she would have spent a little bit more time telling me how to manage emotions. Jesus says, if it's impossible to live without offense, we should talk to people more about offense rather than acting like, once you come to Jesus, you will never be offended. Nobody will ever get in your nerves and nobody will ever take your parking space. Some of you, before you get out of this building, somebody is going to get on your nerves and you got to be okay with it. You got to be able to deal with it because they're sitting up talking to somebody and they're holding up traffic and you got to go to work at seven o'clock in the morning and she's having a conversation and praying for somebody out of her car window and you can't get around her and all of a sudden your anointing dissipates out of your baby toe and your eyes turn red and your fangs come out and all of a sudden you know I'm right about it 
He cares so much about it. He cares so much about it. And when your feelings are wounded or hurt or in pain, the body, the human body, I've done a lot of research on this, the human body cannot differentiate between physical pain and emotional pain. The same secretions that come out of your body when you have emotional pain like breaking your leg are the same reactions that you have to a broken heart. But no medicine. And so there is no treatment. We can't reset it. We can't stabilize it. We can't bring it back to order. And Jesus is talking to his disciples and we get to eavesdrop on the conversation without the FBI. We get to hear Jesus prepping his boys to go out and do kingdom work. And he's prepping them so that they won't be petty. Because you can't do great work, massive promised land work with a petty attitude. You have to have thick skin to operate for the kingdom. You have to be strong to operate for the kingdom. You have to have some things in place that protect you because if you're not careful, the offense will become a distraction from the calling. And you'll put all your energy into settling the offense rather than focusing on the mission that the Lord has given you and your, your wounded feelings will be your sand ballad and Tobiah and you'll give up on your calling and come down off your wall to have an argument with how you feel and you think you got the victory but you lost the victory because the disruption was a distraction from the purpose of God that was in your life. So you be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. My God. That was good. That was good. That was good. And that was good. My God. My God. My God. My God. I got a lot of notes. I don't know about y'all, but I got a lot of notes. Um, first day. I, I love this. Uh, I love this. His tone, his presence. And if you look at the uh, the full video, y'all have to go to his page and and check out the full video. Before he even got into the message, he drew the people in. He 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 drew me in with laughter. He drew me in uh, with with grace. And then he theatrical. The theatrics popped in, and it was. He was on and race on off to the races. It was a phenomenal, phenomenal message. Uh, man, I was convicted. I got me some nuggets. Um, it's it's more than just a message that I that I got something from his his whole demeanor, his his presence, the way he spoke. I said it, his position and and the 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 timing I, I caught each and every aspect of that message and that's being a preacher's preacher a fan of preaching the first point that I got at the very beginning was there will be never be another you there'll never be another you you are the only one 
that God created like you. I love that. And sometimes we need to know that. Sometimes we need to be reminded that uh, we get all uh, off track and start trying to mimic others or, or trying to do this and trying to sound like it. But there'll never be another you. I got a saying, be the best you that you can be. Number two, the gift of feelings makes us aware of ourselves. He said it. He said it. The gift of feelings. We we are individuals that have feelings. We are emotionally driven. We we strive off of how we feel, whether we feel bad, whether we feel good. We 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 strive off feelings. And he said that it's a gift that we can have these feelings. We need feelings. It's another thing that he said. Number three, we need feelings. No feeling uh, no feelings is equivalent to no love. No feelings is equivalent to no love. We, we, God, God told us that it's a command to love one another. Love is a feeling. So if we don't have feelings, we can complete the, the command that God set before us. Number four, we're not to be led by feelings. Can't walk around with our feelings on our shoulders. Amen, somebody. We 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 can't be just just all in our feelings all of the time. Number five that I got. It's impossible not to have offense. When we started, we opened up. We said we get offended by each and everything somebody look at us crazy somebody uh, doesn't answer us the way we uh, desire to be answered we get offended but he he opened my eyes up to something right here in the text uh right here in the text 17 and 1 then he says to the disciples it's impossible that no offense should come but woe to him through whom they do come. We gonna be offended. We shall be offended. But we have to know how to deal with the offense. Don't be driven uh, by our feelings. Number six. Victory is not changing people's mind. We don't. Most most people get victory. And, and saying that they they change this about somebody they change that about somebody but he said that victory is not changing people's mind number seven it's impossible to live and not be offended number eight you can't do kingdom work with a petty attitude oh my god they ain't like my posts, so I ain't liking they posts. They ain't sharing my posts, I ain't, ain't sharing uh, They ain't come to my event, so I ain't going to their event. If we don't support, but we call ourselves doing kingdom work. My God. He said, it. you can't do kingdom work with a petty attitude. God Almighty. Number 10. Not everyone has the gift of empathy. 
Oh my God! It's not enough of us that that has the compassion of Christ. Not enough of us share the same compassion that Christ has for His people. Number ten, uh, we rather have the individuals with great IQs, but end up with people with poor EQs. My God, my God. In the comments, go ahead and put your uh, nuggets down. What you got from the message on tonight. I enjoyed it, man. I pray that y'all enjoyed this segment of the Preacher's Corner. My goodness, man. It was good. You had to go back and watch the full message it was phenomenal. I enjoyed I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. See, last night I was our opening night, first night doing it, and I ran it back twice. So um, we do have, we had a few people that came in a little late, so uh, we'll run a little bit of it back again. Here we go. We are fearfully and marvelously made. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works. We are unique, authentic, autonomous, individually defined by the masters himself. We are a designer's original in a category all by ourselves. There has never been another you. And there will never be another you again. Even if you have a twin, it's not you. God has put so much detail in the specificity that even your fingerprint stands in a category all by itself. God himself shows up in the scriptures. The very first time we see him, we see him stooping over clay. The stooping God shows us that all throughout the book of Genesis, God will be stooping to reach us. He stoops down and he forms man from the dust of the earth and man is just a ceramic, a clay pot until he breathes the breath of life into him and he becomes a living soul. The word living soul in the Hebrew is nephish. He becomes aware of himself. He's not just alive like a rose bush or a plant or collard greens or potatoes or, or, or anything like I'm kind of hungry so you know. All of my illustrations will be food illustrations tonight. Uh, but, but, but he becomes aware of himself. If you cut a rose bush, it doesn't scream. If, if you cut celery, it doesn't cry. But because we are aware of ourselves, we have feelings. And the gift of feelings is unique. We are created in the likeness and the image of God. God has feelings. The Bible says, and the Lord was angry with wrath, which means anger with fire. God has feelings. God has feelings. Jesus comes to Lazarus' uh, funeral service and weeps with Mary and Martha. God has feelings. And we need feelings. I know this is a faith church, but we need feelings. Faith and feelings are not necessarily at odds with each other. 
We need feelings. We were created to be a feeling species. If we had no feelings, we'd have no love. We would have no love. And then how could God ask us to love him with all our heart and our mind and our soul if we couldn't feel anything? Our feelings are a gift to us. Besides, the Bible says we can be touched. He can be touched by the feelings of our infirmity, tempted in all points, like as we are, yet without sin. God cares how you feel. That's good. That's good. That's good. And I, I was just thinking about what the, the some of the side effects that they were saying that comes along with the uh, the poke, you know, everything uh, with the poke is that we would lose our feelings. Allow that one to sit in. And so he wants us to have feelings. He doesn't want us to be led by feelings. But he wants us to have feelings. He wants us to have feelings. So there is a natural feeling we have when we birth a child. There's a natural protectiveness that we have over a child. You can take the teeny, eeny, bitsiest woman in this room and mess with her kid and she will turn into a serial killer. I would rather fight any dude in the room right now than to fight an angry mama because God equipped a mama with feelings. I mean, fathers will knock you out too. They'll bust your chops. But a mama will pull your teeth out of your gums and look at you like you are chopped liver and say, don't get on near my child again. God gives us those feelings and those instincts so that we might be protective and so that we might be corrective and so that we might have empathy and we need those feelings. These feelings cause children to be feel loved and to feel safe and to feel nurtured. But the problem is those feelings, as many wonderful things as they do, can also do negative things. We can get hurt in our feelings. We can get bruised in our feelings. We can get disappointed in our feelings. We can be forsaken in our feelings. We can be rejected in our feelings and not even show anybody because you can't see a feeling. If you break your leg, you can see a broken leg. If you break your arm, you can see a broken arm. A broken heart cannot be seen. That is so good, and many many times uh, uh, we, we, we've seen people um, turn away from the church and turn away from even from God, for that matter, because they have been offended, they have had their feelings hurt, uh, hadn't been heard, hadn't been uh, 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 recognized for whatever reason they were in their feelings. And nobody saw it on the outside that their hearts had been broke. We can't see what the heart or the condition of the heart is in. Nobody can see it but God. But this is this is so good, so good, so good. Let's fast forward a little bit. Some of you, victory is changing people's minds. 
And you think that if I do this well enough, long enough, right enough, left enough, short enough, get tips in my hair, get tents in my hair, get weaves in my hair, get my lips blown up, get my jaw sunk in, get my tummy tucked, and take my tummy and put it behind me, that when I... Did I say that out loud? I didn't mean to say that out loud. I'm sorry. We're always trying to manage what people think of us. And Jesus says, it is impossible. He just comes right out the top, slaps us right across the face. Bam! It's impossible for you to live your life and not have offense. So you might as well quit running from it. You might as well quit making it the achievement of your life to get everybody to like you. I don't care what you do, somebody's not going to like you. That was one of the greatest lessons my father taught me in an old red pickup truck that had a red bumper on it that he'd gotten from the junkyard and he was coming back from a job and I was coloring in the car and I was eight years old and I was having a father-son talk with him about some kid at school that didn't like me and he said, boy, I don't care what you do, everybody is not going to like you. Stay. That is so true, so true. I, I, I'm a firm believer. I know everybody don't like me. I, I am a firm believer that I'm not everybody's cup of tea. And I'm quite all right with that. Because I understand what the scripture says about that. that he's not, we're not going to be liked by everyone. So we shouldn't go out of our way to try to be liked by everyone with me all of my life because all of us want to be liked and we want to be loved and we want to live our lives without offense because offense is stressful it's stressful it's stressful yeah I know you say you don't care but it's stressful people will say stuff to you that will make your hair stop growing <laughs> and Jesus says clearly how often do we say that that we don't care that that somebody don't like us that somebody not talking to us or we don't care that we we we've been uh, you know we offended somebody you care because it's on your mind it's on your conscience and the fact that you saying you're admitting to the fact is it's coming out of your mouth that is is proof that you you care unavoidable there is no way to live your life without offense if you chew long enough your teeth are gonna bite your tongue I know you married Harry and he's six foot two and fine and he's got biceps and triceps and recepts and deceps and everything all over him and he's so gorgeous and he treats you like a lady like you have never been treated before in all of your life and I know he's so wonderful, and he's so thoughtful, and he's so kind. And when you looked through in his eyes, you saw all the way down into his heart. And you knew that we would always love each other forever and ever and ever. Until you found out that he leaves his socks on the floor. And he left his dirty underwear in the bathroom. And all of a sudden you get an attitude about the way he smacks his food at the table. Can you please shut your mouth when you chew? You're cute, but you got no manners. 
It's true. You're going to have offense. You're going to have offense. It's going to happen sometime. It's going to happen to you sometime. You're going to go through some things. But God cares about your emotional well-being. Because if you get emotionally off, it affects everything else. When we go on an interview, they want to know our IQ, our intellectual quotient. How intelligent are you? There is a measurement whereby we can measure the quotient whereby your intelligence exists, okay? But there is also an EQ whereby you can begin to evaluate the emotional quotient. Don't slip over this. Write this down. Because a lot of people with great IQs have poor EQs. And you hire the intelligence, but you got to live with the EQ. How many of us got, got, got poor EQs? How many of us live with people with poor EQs? Oh, Lord, help us. And by the time they get to wreaking havoc on your job, in your life, in your marriage with your kids, you would take somebody with a lower IQ if they had a little bit higher EQ. Can I get a witness up in here somewhere? You find out she's cute, but she's crazy. <laughs> she is built like a Coke bottle, but she is empty as a beer drum. And you find yourself in this situation where you got these people because you don't end up married to their IQ, you end up living with their EQ. Y'all pray for first lady. Y'all, y'all, y'all know I got, I got a low, low, low. <laughs> Yeah, and Jesus said people can get offended. And how we manage the offense determines the outcome of our lives. Because there are no classes that teach us how to manage our EQ. There are no classes. They don't teach that in school, not even in universities. They don't teach you how to manage your emotions. They don't teach you that at home. They teach you your ABCs and which fork to use. I know which fort to use. My mother spent hours teaching me which fort to use. That's a salad fort. Don't eat with that fort. No, that's a dessert spoon. Eat with that dessert spoon. The dessert spoon goes above the plate. This is where the glass goes. This is where the bread goes. You got her bread plate. She taught me all that kind of stuff. I don't use none of that. I eat your food, my food, any food that gets in my proximity is at risk of termination. I wish she would have spent a little bit more time telling me how to manage emotions. Jesus says, if it's impossible to live without offense, we should talk to people more about offense rather than acting like, once you come to Jesus, you will never be offended. Nobody will ever get in your nerves and nobody will ever take your parking space. Some of you, before you get out of this building, somebody is going to get on your nerves and you got to be okay with it. You got to be able to deal with it because they're sitting up talking to somebody and they're holding up traffic and you got to go to work at 7 o'clock in the morning and she's having a conversation and praying for somebody out of her car window and you you can't get around her and all of a sudden your anointing dissipates out of your baby toe and your eyes turn red and your fangs come out and all of a how often do we allow our anointing to seep out our pinky toe 
especially when we get offended. Right after church, right after the benediction is given, we allow somebody to say something or bump into us or not speak, not shake our hand. And the word that we just sat and, and said amen and danced and shouted to then fell on stony ground because that spirit of offense snatched that word right away from us. Give God some praise. I hope y'all were blessed. Hope y'all are blessed tonight. Hope y'all are blessed tonight. That was magnificent. We won't be on the Preacher's Corner tomorrow night. We'll be doing Rewind Bible Study on our other channel, HOD TV. If you're not subscribed to that one, go ahead and subscribe to HOD TV. Uh, you haven't subscribed to this channel go ahead and do so we appreciate we appreciate the support we appreciate the support we are definitely we are definitely on on the move on the move let's pray father god we come to you now we bless you we magnify you we adore you for this opportunity to even just uh view uh get a glimpse of, of the things that you are wanting us to correct in our lives. God, we know and we are aware that we should have empathy and compassion. But sometimes we allow uh, our feelings to get in the way. We allow the spirit of offense to overtake us, Lord God. So we ask right now in the name of Jesus that you allow us, teach us, train us to be able to deal with our feelings, deal with the offense, Lord God, allow us to be able to be removed from situations and be able to learn from the situations that are placed before us. We ask for forgiveness of our sins even now. Forgive us for all of the people that we have offended. And we ask that you point out those individuals, Lord God, that we may be able to make amends. Lord, place in our hearts to forgive those that have offended us. That we may be able to be the men and women of God that you call for us to be. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. I hope that you were blessed. I had a good time. I had a good time. I thank y'all for coming to hang out. On the preacher's corner, on the preacher's corner. We're going to get out of here. We're going to get out of here. Y'all be blessed. This is an in-house production. This is an in-house production. This is an in-house production.